It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast. Nice to have your company this morning. Of course, we are heard right around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Nice to be into a Tuesday. Have Monday behind us, September the 26th today. And last week, what a crazy, crazy week. They don't get more frenetic than the launch of properties for sale on Palm Jebel Alley. The anticipation and the rush was certainly there. And once again, we have your property expert back with us, Mario Volpe. You just came back yesterday from a weekend away. Tell us a little bit about this because you jumped on a flight, you went off to the UK to watch some footy. Uh, good morning, Craig. Yes, it was a uh, very last minute. Friday morning, got a call from a friend who said he had tickets to go and see Chelsea versus Aston Villa. And I thought, why not? I left Saturday uh, Saturday morning, got there Saturday afternoon. Sunday evening, two hours after the game, I boarded the flight back. So it was a 27-hour turnaround to London and back to Dubai. I don't know the result. I don't really follow football, dare I say that, on the podcast. What was the result, yeah. Mario? Well, yeah, thanks very much, Craig. I didn't want to talk about it. We lost. <laughs> oh, I, went, no. I flew 7,000 miles, three and a half there and three and a half back to lose 1-0 at home. It's terrible. <laughs> but it's the atmosphere, right? I've never been to one of those. Last time that I was in the UK, I did want to go, like this was back in 1997. It was around that time that there was some football hooliganism taking place and they were saying it could be unsafe so I've still never been to a big match Listen, there's a little bit of banter, there's singing, you know, across the teams and what have you, but the segregation is there, those sort of ugly scenes of uh, of the 70s and indeed the 90s and 80s, they're, they're not there anymore, it's a family affair and uh, you're there to cheer your team on and everybody kind of leaves, I would say happy, unless of course you're a Chelsea fan at the moment, <laughs> we're having a bit of a nightmare, but there you go. Oh well, nice to find out a little bit about your team is Chelsea and that, that is a massive effort by you to get on a plane and do all that travelling. That was a very busy weekend and, of course, a very busy week because before you got on the plane, you attended the Palm Jebel Alley. We talked about that last Tuesday. They went on sale from, I think it was 18 million dirhams, so huge week for you. Yes, I mean, you know, I've been talking about this for months and months. And of course, when it finally arrived, it did not disappoint from the point of view of interest globally. All these agents descended down uh, the the day before to sort of learn about the project. Uh, We were all speculating and it turned out that there were sort of eight types of of villas in each category. So there was lots, uh, lots availability, Uh, but all the villas did actually sell out. Uh, There was queues. People were, you know, pushing and shoving, you know, anybody that had the ability to actually sell sell one of these villas did really, really well. You see, I need to tell the listeners in Dubai right now, especially when you have a, a project launch like this, where there is such a hype, having a buyer, uh, you know, a real estate agent that has a buyer is no longer 
just the key. I mean, most people have buyers. Most people have people interested in these and and other type of launches. The key is having the ability to sell the buyer something. Now, Nikhil uh, gave out some tokens. Others use uh, sort of vouchers, colored vouchers, numbered vouchers, and it's a bit of a lottery. What tends to happen is that the sort of top 20 companies uh, are given an allocation of tokens. Now, some of these companies may not actually, in this case, have any buyers because not everybody has 18, 19 million dirhams to spend, despite the uh, interest and despite the fact that there were many, many buyers that were wanting to go for it. There were some companies that had tokens but didn't have buyers. So what happened next? Well, you had people who perhaps or companies that were not in the top 20 who had buyers who would then trade with these companies that that had these tokens and ended up doing uh, what we call split deals, joint deals with others in, in the know. So it's all about who had the tokens as well as who had the buyers. All right, so the the tokens are absolute gold. And I read somewhere that real estate agents were actually camping out overnight. Was was that right? Yeah, because um, Nikhil works very much on a first come first serve basis, which you know on the face of it is is fair enough. But unfortunately, it does mean that you know people do uh, start queuing either the night before or even the afternoon before. But here in Dubai, what we tend to do is we tend to uh, we're a bit lazy, so instead of queuing ourselves, we hire people to queue. So you had gardeners, you had uh, drivers, you had all sorts of sort of domestic help, bless them, you know, uh, collecting their money by just queuing up. And then of course, the agents would come along, take their space after paying these individuals, and then obviously going on to uh, to go through to, to hopefully do a deal with, with the developer. Wow, yes. So that whole space, incredibly busy. We're talking about the agents turning up, and that's probably quite a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today, and that is all about real estate agents working in the market. And it was just last week, uh, Mario, that I let the, the audience know that we have a new podcast series starting with Lillian called The Diary of a New Dubai Real Estate Agent, where the audience will get to go on a bit of a journey with Lillian and of course she's going to be working with you at Axe Capital so you better look after her well, we, we try to look after all our new recruits, whether <laughs> yeah. yeah, whether they are sort of new to industry or or just new to acts. There was a, there was an article actually by the Khalij Times that came out last week, which really outlines how tough it can be to be a real estate agent. So hopefully we'll speak about that shortly. You were talking about this the other day. The city has around, in this particular article, they were saying 35,000 real estate agents. And you have made the comment a couple of times, you never really know just how many agents are out there. No, correct. In actual fact, that, that's a lot higher than, than I thought. Now, unfortunately, sort of numbers aren't, aren't uh, necessarily confirmed from the land department. I had a figure of 16,000, but perhaps that's the number of companies. I mean, if there are 35,000 agents, then clearly the number that I had was incorrect. But also that there's lots of agents who are not registered. These are what we call freelancers. Now, freelancers aren't actually really allowed to, to work in the real estate market, or, or at least in the sphere. 
But these these individuals, you know, do have buyers as well. So what they do is they align themselves up with other companies and again, do split deals, share, share fees with the ability then to go ahead with their buyer, but through a company. So yeah, we don't really know how many there are other than there are loads and loads and loads. Well, I remember when we started talking about real estate agents right at the very beginning of the the podcast series, I think that figure was around 12,000. Then like a couple of months later, it was 14. Then it jumped to 16. I had somebody quote me 22,000 and now we're looking at 35,000. But I did a little bit of a tally here because the first half of this year, 177 billion dirhams is based basically what the real estate dollar was worth collectively. And if you do the 177 billion divided by 35,000 real estate agents, surprisingly, it came out at 2,528,000 dirhams. Now, of course, that is after the 50% goes to the agency. So that is what you're clearing out of those deals. So that was really quite surprising. There will be people that after six months will have generated a big fat zero, but it made me really think about the the top 10% must be absolutely killing it if based on 35,000, you're coming out at 2.5 million each. No, definitely. I mean, that, that those figures are mind-blowing. And I suppose if you do work them out like that, it does work out. It's a bit like one deal, isn't it? Sort of two odd million dirhams or perhaps a couple of uh, a couple of one million dirham deals. But you've hit the nail on the head that there are many, many people who are hustling, many people who are trying to, to get on in this industry. But for one reason or another, whether it's a bit of bad luck, bad timing, other circumstances, family, friends, peers, all sorts of stuff going on, work, commitment commitments, illnesses in the family, people then sometimes defer purchasing. So you could be working with an agent or the agent thinks that, you know, the, the buyer is, is is about to put in an offer and the next minute they kind of disappear. So it, it's a long slog. And I've always said that Dubai is paved with gold. However, the gold is not on the pavement. It's, it's underneath. You've got to dig. You've got to roll your sleeves up, really work hard, be at the right place at the right time, talk to everyone and anyone, and then you have a chance. But a lot of these top 10%, as you, as you mentioned, you know, they've been doing it a little while, so they're a little bit more canny and they know, they know what they're doing. Plus, they have contacts and it's so important. In Dubai, it's also who you know, not necessarily what you know. You can be taught many things. You can learn about the industry. Just this weekend, the CEO of, of Axe did, did mention to all the directors, you know, please ensure that your agents understand the market, know what's going on. It's so dynamic. It's constantly moving. Uh, so forget about these property launches. That that's just goes by the by. That happens. But different laws, different legislations. You know, I mentioned about the golden visa as well. There were some changes to that. You have to keep yourself updated because if you don't, someone else does. And when you're dealing with a client, if they see value in you, then obviously they'll want to use you. So I always say knowledge is power. And the more knowledge you have and the more that you can actually impart that knowledge to the actual buyer, then they, they'll feel comfortable with you. Because as you say, 35,000 people, how do you find the good ones? Because there, there are good agents out there, but unfortunately there are also uh, a few bad ones as well. 
And just in terms of getting the balance right, Mario, because for real estate agents, if you don't have that balance of work life and personal life, it can be a bit of a challenge. In other words, it can be all-consuming, and then when they try to relax, they can't. So that is something that kind of rips people apart if you don't get that right. It's very, very difficult, Craig. I mean, to be honest with you, you talk about work-life balance. When you first come out, you know, these agents are like a coiled spring. They're literally ready to to spring around. And of course, the ones that aren't in the industry or haven't come from the, the same background, they're trying to learn it. So they've got all this information get, coming into their into their brains, trying to cram everything in quickly. But agents that work on, on commission only, you know, if your phone rings at 10, 11 o'clock at night, you're going to answer it. I mean, there are some agents that, that will actually she turn their phones off. But I always say that we're a bit like the police. We're always on duty. I mean, the only time I put my phone on silent is literally when I shut my eyes uh, and go to sleep. You know, my clients are my agents. Obviously, I'm not uh, customer facing as much as I used to be, but agents are. And I always say to people, if, if a client reaches out to you, then it's okay to communicate with them. But I try to say to our agents, there is a cutoff point, perhaps nine o'clock, by all means, send an email. But to be careful, because some people can get offended if you're sort of sending out information at midnight or or beyond. But if you receive it, then it's okay because that's the green light. But we're always working. It's uh, it's, it doesn't it's not office hours. It's it's all the time. And sometimes it's just really too much. So you mentioned about work life balance. There isn't really a lot of that, especially at the beginning, until the agent can get into some sort of a groove or, or build a pipeline up. Yeah, getting into a groove. And I just want to touch on, before I let you go this morning, I just want to touch on, and this is something that possibly you're dealing with all the time, and that is agents sometimes look at being unconventional, having these unconventional tactics. And some of them focus around, shall we say, daring Instagram posts, but these can backfire. And I've talked about some of these posts that you see from from, they're supposed to be real estate agents, but they don't look like real estate agents with some of the stuff that they're posting. So that's an area that you've really got to sort of just turn up the professionalism maybe a little bit more. Yeah, we have very high standards uh, at Axe from from our own marketing. But of course, most companies can't necessarily stop individual agents from doing their own social media posts on their own social media. But we always offer people guidance. You know, sometimes the ladies can be a little bit daring how they uh, how they come across. We always try to be a little bit different. But, you know, social media does work and, and that's why people do it. So I would definitely say to any agent, you know, by all means, go out there, put yourself out there, but think about what you say and be careful because in a country like the United Arab Emirates, obviously we have cultural differences to perhaps where they're used to, you know, in their own countries. So you have to be careful how you speak, what you look like and indeed what you're wearing as well. You have handled that totally like a pro. Very diplomatic of you, Mario. Well <laughs> done. Hey, look, I know that you're tired after the the big uh, weekend away, and yesterday was an absolute nightmare of getting through Monday. But, you know, all things are on the up now. It's Tuesday, so get out there and enjoy it. 
Definitely. And I'm sure there's new new projects on the launch and everything, people to meet. So I'll speak to you and the listeners next week. We are more than just a real estate podcast. We cover a multitude of subjects, including property data, current buyer-seller sentiment, and the mood of the market. Follow each week all of the main talking points and know your property. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now on the Dubai Property Podcast.